This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to Agency Intelligence, where we give you the real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial intelligence that they try to make you believe out in this industry. Today, I have somebody who embodies why I made two different podcasts and I wanted to have agency intelligence for those who are working inside the agency. Because today we're going to talk, I have a feeling at least, we haven't done any rehearsal, that we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that's going to probably be very much as you loyal listeners know, I say in the dirt, right? Gary V, I get that from him. In the clouds or in the dirt. He speaks in the clouds a lot. He says he likes to speak in the dirt. Yeah, I think it's, he's still up there in the clouds. But I, but today, I've got Mr. Chad Spade on. Now, if you know who he is, you probably you're like, yeah, Jason. The only way I know who he is is because I heard you've mentioned him many times. It, the key is is the reason I've mentioned him is I see him. You know, everybody has their own little thing in this industry that I see from the outside of of where they're able to give, where they're able to contribute, where they're able to lead, where they're able to build, where they're able to help other people grow. I see those little traits. And and, and with Chad, he's actually got a couple of them, but one that really sticks out is his automation. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. We're going to talk a lot about just running an agency and doing it, um, you know, how we all do it and grinding it out. But before I do, AIbrainshare.com, AIbrainshare.com. You are hearing this, and I'm guessing in two weeks, maybe one week, uh, the uh, registration will open up for Mastermind members. It will open up on March 2nd, and then on March 9th, everybody else who's not a Mastermind member, loyal listener, if that's you, that includes you, um, it will open up registration. Uh, We sold in about, I've been saying three weeks. Sarah and the team have told me it was closer to four weeks. So it sold out in about a month last year. This isn't like these other events where you can wait until the last minute. Can't happen. Um, It's going to be in Puerto Rico, October 25th, 26th, 27th, and 28th. On the 28th, we've actually added that day. It's an implementation day that's going to be led by your one, one and only Chad Spade here, who him and Travis Gensler are going to work in some implementation. AIbrainshare.com. AIbrainshare.com. If you're sitting there thinking, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to go or not. Really, that's kind of my choice. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just being real. So you've got to, if I haven't talked to you already, you probably are not on the list. I've got about 15 more people that I have to talk to. And you better hope you're one of those because I want you there. I want you to see what it's like to not have a conference or a a convention. I want you to see what, yes, it's not even an event, right? It's a brain share. No speakers, no consultants, in all in one room. It's what we do. AI Brain Share, it's in Puerto Rico, October 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, and 28th. Hope to see you there, AIbrainshare.com. 
Woo! Sorry about that, loyal listeners. Sorry about that, Chad. But we're really getting close here, and uh, to brain share. And I know a lot of people who are going to. They're going to be saying to me in two months, how come, well, you got to have one more space. No, I don't. I normally have it at 100, and I went to 150, and that's stretching it because then we got to go to a big room if we go any bigger than that, and I want to keep it small and there. But, Chad, you were at BrainShare last year, dude. I was. You were. But before we get there, Chad, are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? iPhone. iPhone user. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's the last app that you downloaded, dude? Oh, that's good. Oh, I bid on the new tag Connect Watch. So I had to download that app. What is that? Uh, the Tag or uh, Watch app, anyway. So it works with that, both the Android and the iPhone. So it's kind of nice. You're not like stuck on one phone, but you can still use it on your watch. Okay. So is it, uh, did you say it's Tiger? No, Tag. Tag, tag. Okay, okay, yeah. These names anymore. Sometimes I don't even know yeah. where they come from. But then again, we're all guilty of it. We all we all name our groups pure potential automation. I don't know what the hell that means. But anyway, sorry, I'm Morty Jones in on your chat. But see, at least sure. I'm doing it with you. I'm doing it with you on, right? I'm not doing it with you not on. You can't defend yourself. So that's the good thing. Right. Chad, Chad Honestly, what do you the name came from I was just sitting there creating the Facebook group and I looked down at a book I had and I'm like, I'll just throw it up there for now. And it just kind of never went back to it and it stuck. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it is. I, I used to jack it up all the time. Now I get it correctly. I still say <laughs> I now see I'm saying IAOA because I'm concentrating. But Nicholas and Dave Jackson are listening, saying, good job, Jason. Good job. I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> you got it. That um, time. Yeah, I got it that time. So. Skill, let's let's reverse it a little bit. Skill or luck? Which one do you think has led you to where you are today? Man, I think equally both. It's just experimentation and failing while you're learning and and, uh, not repeating the same mistakes. Trial and error, basically, has a lot to do with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm also knowing that, you know, time plays a role in that. Something that didn't work, you know, before may work now. Ah, good point on that. Good point. You know, when you really said that, you know, when you think about time, when you think about trial and error, you do kind of see how luck and skill play into that, right? Because it's the skill of knowing. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my head right now of, I don't really know how many it really is, but they say like 3,000 or something times that like Thomas Edison um, tried, he was like 3,000 different filaments that he tried before he hit on the right one, you know, and that was skill in understanding that it could happen and the theory could be proven, right, by studying and, and working on it and experimenting in trial and error. But then, you know, how many other people had done that, had tried that, but because of him, his luck got him to be the person who found that filament, Right. And so, so you can see kind of in trial error how skill and luck is so heavily involved. I've never realized that until right now. Yeah, and I think with him it was uh, definitely conviction and belief. Good call. <laughs> Played a long role in through all those trial and errors. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He knew, he knew through his skill the luck would come, and that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Good, nice little moment there for the loyal listeners. Hey, now, when uh, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Well, you love that feeling of uh, of that when you have a victory for sure, and especially when something works out your way. It's nice to celebrate that. But 
losing has a lot of value too. You know, I don't think uh, was it, there's no failure, only feedback. But I guess you, if you take it in a competition context, then winning is better. And if you take it in a learning and development context, they're both play a role. You take us back before you were. I'm interested in knowing this myself, loyal listeners. Uh, open book here. I don't. I don't really know much of of Chad's past, more than like the last four or five years. Uh, Chad is a master member. I know you are little surprised by that. Like all the awesome people are in the mastermind. I get it. So how do you, Chad, take us back. How did you get to where you are right now? Like high school, you know, how far do you want to go and bring this to where we are? It's important, really important to do this because it's a way that we get to uh, grasp who you are and relate. Sure. Well, I grew up in Fremont, Ohio, which is basically just a small town. I would say that I love being in a team, but I also like, being responsible for my own efforts. And in my early days back in high school and into college, I, I actually raced BMX a lot, then later on went into uh, uh, downhill mountain bike and so forth. Wow. But competition, long time in BMX, so it, it teaches you how to use a little bit of skill and will together. So you're already on your, you know, you're always on your own journey and training on your own and stuff like that. But you come together with a team and you try to try to actually collectively make it happen for the team uh, uh, win anyway. So went through that. And then uh, <clears throat> as you start getting older, I went into insurance for a little bit and just was a sub producer for a nationwide agent while I was going through school. And I just didn't feel it then. I just couldn't connect with it. So I left for a little bit and went into commodity trading for about five or six years and just burn out there. And then I, uh, by then I had matured enough to realize that there was something to insurance. Mm -hmm. So started back in that and found the contract that uh, allowed me to go independent as fast as possible because I learned back in nationwide that, that, and for me, the only way to do this was independent. So over time, you know, the years go by actually quickly when you start from the filing cabinet being empty in the phone book. Yeah. So, you learn a lot. You got to put in a lot of different systems. People come and go, carriers come and go, and you're still figuring it out after all this time. I don't think you ever really know it. So, so where did you? What I mean, what got you? What was that first big contract? Or you talked about that that got you to be independent the fastest that you mentioned. What was that? Oh man, my package policy was was progressive, and out here in California, they don't really have that hot of rates. And uh, Pacific Specialty, which really isn't that good of a policy. And when we're talking about automation, I mean, we were actually just stuffing the app and mailing it in. And one day you got a policy back, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> How long ago was that? Uh, 2001. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just trying to put a time and a reference in there. So, so, and then in 2001, is that when you, you started your own agency or you joined? Yeah. What, what, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Wow. Okay. And then today, where are you located at right now? Aliso Viejo, California. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. About when did you leave? Uh, when did you arrive in California? Uh, Memorial Day weekend of 1996. <laughs> wow. Memorial Day weekend of 1996. I am not great memory, but I know exactly where I was on Memorial Day of 1996. <laughs> I was I I graduated in 1996. Chad, oh, cool. how, how how old are you? I'm 48. 
Okay. All right. Well, we're close in age. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I actually, uh, graduated and I left on Memorial day weekend and moved to Pensacola, Florida. So I know exactly where I, what I was doing. Yeah, that's crazy. Cool. And that's, and that's when you were moving to Cali. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, 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 crazy. So, okay. So, um, so today your agency, what size premium are you now? Uh, right around 20 million. Right around 20 million. And, and are you the sole owner or, I mean, what's the I makeup? Am. You are. And then how many t- team members do you have? Uh, we're somewhere, I think we're right around 23 right now. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand. Just, just rough. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I mean, and so loyal listeners, one of the reasons that I find Chad to be special, as I mentioned at the beginning was it has to do with his automations. And what, what's amazing is, and I think Chad, I think your story that is so to me is, is, is special is what your agency looks like today, as far as technology, automations, data, the use of, of, of all those in combination didn't look that way five years ago and 10 years ago. Am I right? Oh, no way. Were you the normal agency out there? I want to say that had the file cabinets, as you said, you guys were still mailing apps. I I imagine that was a while back, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a long time ago. I I figured so. I figured so. About what time was it that you could say, this is where my mind shifted and I realized I had to do something different or I wanted to do something different or experience something different. What is that? When was that about that time well, period? Man, it's just kind of like this stuff just comes into your life and sometimes you don't even notice it. But I would say right when the whole paperless movement started coming on in the 2000s, I mean, we had, I don't know, probably like 16, six drawer high filing cabinets that I paid a high school person like a year to come in and scan in so we could trash them because we were just paying rent on filing cabinets after a while yeah you Um, are that's a very good way to look at it yeah and then i think when a lot of the carriers start going web-based too you know we used to hold their rater on the or well at least their direct rates not the rater uh on our own servers anyway so that web-based movement started moving stuff the paperless uh movement to get rid of it and uh you know then then things like e-signature and it, it just changed so fastly or so fast you you know sometimes you just don't even realize it so would you say this is probably because i know that movement was or started early around 07 08 09 to get mm. uh digit you know but it really started picking up steam around 2010 2011 and i remember in 2011 2012 i was doing uh presentations and i would ask people to raise their hand who's using e-signatures and literally less than 20% of them would raise their hand. And the other, and probably 50% of the people who didn't raise their hand, you would hear them scoffing, you know, <laughs> you know, you just, you just hear them and you'd be like, wow. And so sometimes like it was so enormous as some of these presentations I would do, I would think to myself, like, am I seeing this wrong? Is this not going to catch on? You know, because there was so yeah. many, literally in 2014, 2015, I think it, what it, what it was. I hadn't asked that question in a while, and uh, and I remember exactly where I was, and I was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I happened to rate, ask this question um, about how many of you are using e-signatures, and like it was a complete opposite, 
what happened was is like 80% of the people raised their hand and the other 20% that didn't raise their hand were kind of like, oh shit, like what are we missing? Because yeah, they well, were the same the people. Carriers were, were pretty concerned about it. Yeah, well, and and some of our regional carriers are still just as terrible because they still, they're <laughs> like, oh yeah, we'll go electronic, but yet we still send you the paper copy on the initial, pre, on the initial uh, policy. Yeah, and it's like, insane. dude, especially in commercial lines, dude. And I just want to just thump them in their head. I'm like, it downloaded into my system. You know what I mean? Or I can go to your website and get it. Quit that. And then I still have this one company, West Bend, which I love them to death. I'm not down on them by any means. We do a lot of social, non-for-profit business together. But they will mail us their policies, our policies, our, our new business and renewal. And when they mail them to us, Chad, they mail them to us like in a, like a, a big envelope and it just has the policy in it. And you look at it and it's like $4 or $6. And I'm thinking to myself, I'll get three of these, these week, this week. And then they have how many hundreds of agents I'm thinking, Holy cow, oh, they're yeah. spending some money. on. <laughs> and you know, the only thing we do, I put it on, um, it goes, it gets sent over. Well, first of all, I think if I'm correct, the, um, uh, agency VA grabs that, on the download. So even before it comes into us, we already have a process where we've set it up to where that gets sent electronically. Now we do have four, probably, well, I'm guessing here, 10, 15% of our clients that say, Hey, send them to me electronically. So I have them in the email, but we still want that, you know, and that's cool. These are large businesses, right? They, 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 they want that. And so we, we give them that way, but but it's absolutely amazing. And so it was awesome to see that transformation of that e-signature. So let's say for the last 10 years then, let's say really probably for the last five hardcore for you, but for the last 10, what does it look like when you realize like, okay, let's get rid of the filing cabinets, right? Let's get the high school kid to come in, scan them all in. I think a lot of people did that. I know some people, Chad, well, not some, I know one person, that his staff refused to keep using uh, using them. So he just had his uh, some welders come in on the weekend, and he told the staff he was going to lock those cabinets as of a certain date. They didn't believe him. He had some welders come in, and he had some welding put on the top of the cabinet and the bottom of the cabinet to where you could slide a metal rod through the middle, and those drawers wouldn't open up. And so, um, and that's what it was. When they came to work, it was like, here it was. He freaked them out for like three days. And made them like suffer. And then he said, okay, in 30 days, we are now going to start going to this process. And then he, and then in 30 days, he put the bars back on. What was amazing was, is he's been trying to get them to change for paperless. He said for years, it didn't take them very long at all to get changed for paperless. You know, when yeah, you force them. Changes are really hard sometimes, depending on the people <laughs> So, Chad, you got that done, and then you started realizing, okay, we have all this stuff digitized. Now my people aren't walking to go get a, a yellow manila folder that's labeled somehow weird. Um, so now they're not going to do that. We have all this stuff local on our, you know, or on our server, however we have it. When was the next step for you to say, okay, where do we go from here? Well, I think I uh, wasn't it. Split screens came along around. Oh the yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. Dual you know, monitors, I, yeah. I remember it was like a it was like a big thing. I did it for one uh, one CSR, and I immediately just turned around and bought it for everybody. <laughs> yep, yep. Does everybody still have duals? You got any trips? No, everybody's on a forty three. It's awesome. So you have a forty. What are those? Forty three. What? 
What is it? What's um, some are Dell and some are Samsung monitors, anyway. And it's got like four screens on it. Yeah, yeah. You can yep. swish it around however you want. So Travis has one of those. My buddy uh, Chris Christopher Cook does too. I don't know if Christopher's has. I could be wrong, but I think his does six screens on his. Maybe it's just four. I can't remember. But man, his is ginormous. So I went out and bought Travis one. I think Travis has the. I can't remember. There's only two companies that make it. I think it's Dell and LG or, or something like that. And, yeah. and well, one of my like CSRs talked me into it, and he was when he first got it, I was like, "That's just crazy. It's too big." Uh, so I mean, I was smart enough to go to a 32, and then I started looking at his, and I tried it, and I'm like, "Okay, he got me there." <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the cell phones. We look at how big they are today, but back in the day, if you like jumped from, you know, the Samsung 3 to the Samsung 10, you'd be like, this is the biggest, gawkiest phone ever. But like, it's, you know, it just grows with you. You know, it's like your kids. Yeah. You don't realize that it's growing up. That's terrible that I just said that, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's, what these it's what these devices are. So, so, so then you started, you are known because Cass preaches the Chad Spade gospel as the automation expert. Why do I say that? I say that because David Carruthers is listening and he says, Cass, I thought I was the uh, the, the, the uh, automation specialist. If you ever see David Carruthers out there, be sure to say, hey, man, I need you to help me with some of your automations. Because he says he's not an automation specialist when he's actually really good at it. So it's an ongoing joke. But Chad, I am in your group, um, Pure Potential Automation. And I am, my loyal listeners have heard me say this a lot about you. Like the people that are inside that group, they should be working for NASA. Okay, like the, the, the shit you guys talk about in there, I try to like listen and I try to read and you guys are showing screenshots of all these freaking matrixes of <laughs> of all this, these these automations and stopping and going and sending to them and hits Slack and Zapier and then hits back off the satellite when it's over Africa and then comes <laughs> back, you know, I mean, all this stuff, dude. And it's like, you really, really, really have gotten into this. And I'm going to stop here because I wanted to hear what your thoughts are. But you said to me, you said, Jason, when I really started to see the automations work and what they could take off of my staff and provide better to my client, you were hooked. Am I right? What say you? Yeah, I mean, I probably started with automation where a lot of people do is the sales side, right? And you you want to sell more, which is where I think we collectively spend too much time focusing on. Um, it's important, but um, you know. So as time goes on, you you start to see how automation is way more powerful than prospecting or you know whatever type of marketing that you're doing. You can start to use it as task. You can start to use it as uh, saving time. So if you begin to look in your office on where all the drag is. And most of us have too many different tasks, too many different applications. We're going into to finish those tasks and we're constantly interrupted. Very rarely can we start something um, from start to finish without an interruption. So I try to focus straight on that is, is what can I do to create time and hopefully at the same time create the customer experience and the kicker is uh, creating space for the employees, giving them back a little bit of, of sanity. And employees is kind of a bad word, but if you can bring a little bit of peace and a little bit of space to everybody, 
they can start getting into the conversations rather than staying on the outside and rushing people off the phone, whether it's a client or somebody else needing help to some degree. That's right. Cause we are, we are, um, we are solution finders, solution providers, right? Mm-hmm. I think we get it too. I think we get it too complicated sometimes, Chad, with like anything humans do. Somebody is calling our office because they have a problem and they need a solution. No, Jason, they call just to ask me a question. They asked you a question because they're experiencing a problem or they are knowing they're going to encounter a problem <laughs> and they are come and they are calling you for a solution. And a lot of times They've already went out online and found the solution. They just wanting you to dissect it and digest it with them to reaffirm because you're the professional. And what I think is 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 really great about automation is it allows us to be able to be that expert as you're saying. It allows that that extra time. But I think another thing that's important with automation to me is it allows tracking when you can see certain things happening in your on in your agency it's not so much just seeing the automation's trigger but it's the behavioral traits that start coming off how your clients are interacting with the automation how some do how some don't some do at night some do in the morning and being able to um, b- deliver them content and deliver them service and provide that solution when they need Am I right by that, Chad? Yeah. Well, it's even more than that, too. I mean, you can also see as a principal what's going on with the agents or the CSRs, right? You finally yes. can see everything kind of like living and breathing, you know, bringing yes. it to life, so to speak. So you can tell if things aren't getting like handled in a certain amount of time or the ball's getting dropped, you can jump in and you can finally say, you know, what is it? Is it you? You know, I could go into, I'll just say the word lame, right? Are you overwhelmed or do you need training? And I had never been able to do that before. You always can, you know, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you got to do that. What are you doing now? Oh, yeah, you got to do that. So when you start to make these processes visible and you can see them as they're happening and if they're being taken care of, if there's too long of a delay, and not to say that you should be rushing things in any way, but you can see how people are operating. And you can also control the type of uh, communication a little better that facilitates the brand that you want to present. I like that. You said make your processes visual. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool because, you know, one of the greatest things we have to do as leaders, right, is we have to lead our organizations. And the first thing we have to do is give them vision. Right. Because that they've got to have the buy-in, right? When they can see the what we're doing today, what we're doing tomorrow, next year, and in five years, and in 10 years, where we want to be, it allows them to be a part of it, right? I think this is the same thing. I think sometimes, especially our staff can be freaked out. Sometimes we can be, as agency owners, freaked out about automations. But I think we, we really need to see that we're providing a visual sketch of how the service is should be done how it is being done and it allows once we have a visual of it as you said 
to say, why does the ball keep getting dropped here? Well, we don't need to look at the whole process. We'll just go right into that area. It allows you to be surgical rather than just doing some wild, uh, you know, wide, wide rest spread uh, sur- surgery or some stuff like that. You know, you're actually taking the scalpel to it. Yeah, reports can, you know, reports are great. I like them, but they only get you so far. It's like, have you ever had a carrier come in and you're like, oh, your loss ratio is high? Well, yeah, it's two claims. Oh, I didn't look at that. You know, so with reports, you, you're just kind of like on the outside looking in, trying to find it, uh, you know, trying to pass the so to speak. You can jump conclusions mm-hmm. too quickly. But when you see the flows of how they're taking action with their work, um, it's a different story, right? So what would you say? Do you have a mixed clientele? Do you have a non-standard preferred? Are you just a generalist? What, what do you guys do? Are you, you're pretty We're, heavy personalized, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're heavy personal lines and we're generally preferred. I mean, not like we don't have a few standard, but usually right. it's, it was somebody that got there from the preferred Avenue. <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you sent me a, a quote. I've seen a couple of quotes that you've sent me out of nowhere, like that yeah. were just like astronomically high. I mean, what's the yeah. biggest premium you've written this year on a homeowners, you know? I'd say probably between like 15 and 20 in there. But, you know, you yeah. got to realize, too, California is in a very difficult home market right now. And it's going to be interesting over the next few years. You know, you're making that big premium, but that's stuff I'm assuming you're probably having to reshop every year. Oh, certainly. Well, it just depends on how big the jump was. Uh, that one that was really big, I think it was a new purchase. So we'll see where that goes. But, uh, you know, we're in a reshop land right now just in california in general uh just the the you know the back-to-back fires really hit a lot of carriers and the high value companies they're just i mean retracting i've never seen it before even people i know in the business that you know 30 40 years they've never seen an environment like this wow that's crazy that's wild especially when the veterans start saying that you know (laughs) And you also have to start realizing, Chad, and, and and start realizing that every once in a while we're starting to become the veterans. Chad, we're getting old. I know it's getting. We're getting old. It's ridiculous. All right, let's yeah. not talk about it. Let's move on from that. Chad, <laughs> um, are you married? Do you have any kids? Uh, no kids. I am married. Yeah. You you are married. Okay. And then what is you know what is that that uh, what does your average day look like? Well, when do you start? The past couple of years, I generally start between like one and three in the morning to like somewhere right around five or six. <laughs> He's not joking, folks. He's not joking. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty nutty. So you get up at one or two in the morning, take a shower, get dressed and go to work. Uh, well, I'll work at home usually until my wife wakes up, have a cup of coffee, take the dog out, you know, <laughs> and then, then I'll head in. Usually I'm here. by wow. five. Usually I'm here by five or six. Sweet. And so like in, and is that just, you said in the last two years or so that that's been that way before it wasn't, why all of a sudden this going to getting up at one or two? Oh, that's a really important question for me anyway. Um, you know, I had a vision of what I wanted to do in this business for the clients. I love managing risk. I like the concept of risk and everything that it represents and having tools to, to uh, manage or transfer that risk. And I had never been able to do it the way that I want. Early on, I had a friend come in that was a programmer and, you know, it was just too big of a project to 
try to do what I wanted to do that I'm doing with automation right now. And I'm not 100% there yet. There's still work to be done. But management systems aren't going to get us there, at least for the foreseeable future. And juggling all the databases, you know, prior to probably 2010, 2000, somewhere between 2010 and 2015, we began to get the tools uh, to start being able to create the things that would help us create better experiences for our clients. So the the past couple of years for me, as soon as I discovered, I probably realized it a little too late, but it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do what I always wanted to do. I just have to spend the time doing it and go through the pain and learn from other agents and learn stuff that's not really in my background. And it's it juices me up that much to where it is so worth the sacrifice. And, you know, I don't really feel like it's long hours when, when people start coming in my office saying, you know, you know, have a nice night or something. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like five o'clock already. (laughs) I don't notice the time go by, but, but it's that important. And it's that important to make a difference in our clients' lives and in in our employee, you know, our team members' lives here. We can bring a little bit of peace and make their job enjoyable and, that creates better experiences for the clients, which returns better risk management. And if we can design that sort of flow and visual representations to where they can experience their insurance in a different way, then it makes the whole thing worth it. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So I'm I'm taking some notes here. I love what you said. I said you said I love having the tools to manage risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like straight geeky, dude. Like yeah. that's like <laughs> yeah, I know. And right, and like, and like I know everybody is a loyal listener right now. I know you're thinking. You're probably thinking along the same lines. It's it's like I love having the tools to build the customer experience, right? I love having the tools to be able to prospect better. I love having the tools to be able to market better. I love having the tools to be able to turn in claims and be able to file claims and be able to work with my clients better. I love having the tools to be able to communicate in a different way with my underwriters. I love having the tools that the companies and that the technology and the society is giving me. Really, when you're saying all that, you're really saying, I love having the tools to manage risk. As an insurance agency owner, loyal listeners, that is what you're saying. As an agent to your customers, to your wife, your friends, and your family, you love having the tools to manage risk. All that is that. And that's why I love that. That's good stuff, Chad. That's that's really good stuff. Chad, give me like, um, what do you do whenever you're like not at work? Like, what's the thing besides getting up at one or two in the morning that gets you excited outside of insurance, outside of the box you live in most of the time? What's your second favorite thing to do? 
I still loved mountain bike. And as I got into my 40s, I also picked up road riding. So a little bit more mellower, but it's more enjoyable to do in groups than mountain biking because I really prefer to do that mostly solo. <laughs> That's your thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, family stuff, you know. And so um, at BrainShare 2020, I know we're going to poll all the attendees and stuff like that uh, a couple months out to kind of decide what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be delivering. And and you're doing it as we've talked about, like, let's not set the rules and say, this is what we're going to show them. Like, let's say, what do you guys want to see? And then let's help develop some implementations so that they can actually understand and implement it there. Um, and so what are, I'm kind of excited about this, aren't you? Oh, definitely. And, you know, I think we almost have to start it that way because everybody is coming from a different base, right? They might have a different management system. They might already be using some sort of automation CRM. They might have some stuff going already. Well, I know certainly in your group, uh, which is what I really, really love about, about it is it's a higher level agent. It's, it's guys out there still pushing up against it to make things better and they're stri- striving to grow and, you know, really passionate about their, their uh, clients and so forth. And it's just really nice to be around a group of people like that. Well, and, and Chad, and so you guys know, Chad is actually going to on the third Wednesday of the month, uh, he's going to start running some automation meetings so that we can, I hear that Chad inside the group, that so, so many people, and, and as you said, the agents inside the mastermind are agents who are salivating for someone to show them this. And where you came, uh, where my thought immediately went to you, Chad, is Joe in my office. Um, inside of our office, we have a thing to where we will pay always for the dark for our employees' education. But mm-hmm. if it's something that's a little bit outside the box, something it's like, hey, that may not be 100% necessary. If they're one time a year, if they're willing to pay for it, um, pay for the actual event, we'll pay for their hotel and their airfare. That's mm-hmm. that's our agreement that they have, but they have to pay for the event themselves. And Joe is looking around. He's like, I want to learn more about in automations. I want to learn more about insurance automations. And, 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 you know, he's got this mind already to where he, he does some technical stuff for us. He's really, really good at it. And, and he says, where do I go, Jason? Like, you know, everything about the industry, where do I go? And I kind of sat there and looked up against the wall and I'm thinking, and there's nothing out there for me to send one of my producers to to say, hey, here's what you could learn about automations in our office. And he has the brightest mind to do that. And that's when it may, I said, I just got to take control of this. And that's when I reached out to you and said, dude, would you do this in the mastermind? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a selfish in this regard, Chad. I'm doing it because I need somebody in my office to learn. But then we see so many of these comments inside of the group and i think a lot of it can be solved with automation and and i appreciate you taking your expertise to show us that sure well i feel your pain on that you know that's the way i started is where do you go because there there isn't that course out there and i Mm -hmm. I think if if someone had that maybe i'll get around to it that you would have a lot more agencies on it and taking advantage of it once they realize what they can do for it and how they can weave it in as if it were them because you don't want to automate to automate. This has got to make you the super you, so to speak. So you want to do it as if it were you and it shouldn't be done any other way. But just having somebody show me the basics would have saved me hundreds of hours in the beginning of just banging my head on the desk. 
Right. Um, and it's hard because, you know, you have, you know, some YouTube videos out there. You can kind of set some stuff together and, you know, every automation CRM might have some, some, uh, you know, PDFs or videos you can watch, but it's an unbelievable amount of time that that actually can be reduced significant. If someone just said, here's how you do this or that, and you could just take it from there. But it was a challenge in the beginning for me, for sure. I bet it was. I bet it was. It's a challenge for me. I mean, even when I get some of uh, some people who know automation a little bit and are in the insurance industry and I get them on and they say, okay, well, I can build out for you, but what do you want me to, what do you want it to do? (laughs) Kind of like, kind of like, well, you know, one of the things that Billy always said to me, which it made it simple is still, I still have to do it and know the automation. But he said, Jason, anytime you're creating a process, you want to place the big rocks first. Place the big rocks or the things that you have to do or a human has to do. That's that human touch. Maybe there's one rock, maybe there's 10 in that process, but that's where it is. And he says, and then the sand that you're filling in the middle, he said, that's more of the details where the automation and stuff comes in. So you need to place the big rocks and then see the little things that go in between it. That's where you're going to place your automations. So that part makes it clear. But then when I get to it, it's like, okay, well, you're, you talked about this earlier, Chad. What system do I use to do that? I could use this system or this system. Well, this system does what this system already does, but it doesn't do this part. So, you know, you end up having this technology stack of, of 17 software SaaS products deep. And, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, you know, so it's so much of that the agent has to encounter. One of the things that I think you alluded to, Chad, and I want you to remember this because I heard Billy talk about this, and I think it's what you start. Billy said to us in Vegas at BrainShare, he said to everybody, he said, whenever um, you are going to build a house, what is the first thing you should do? And everybody's raising their hand. They're like, uh, you know, get a loan. Nope. Uh, You know, um, uh, hire a contractor. Nope. Uh, get some plans designed up. Nope. You know, and, and everybody keeps saying it. And he finally was like, he said, clean your site. You, before we start building a house, we have to clean the site off. We have to level it off. We have to make sure a house can be built there, you know, based on the foundation we have, you got to clean your site and you got to know what you're dealing with. And I think that's where it goes back to is it's it's something you have to start with. You have to be willing to say, I'm going to clean my site. That means I'm going to take everything off the table and we're going to put some stuff back on the table and some stuff we're not going to put back on the table. And, and when you do that, you can dissect it into your processes and say to herself, no longer is that going to be, that's not really a big rock. That could be an automation. Yeah, but... How many of these things, Chad, have we talked about on here that people thought were silly, like e um, service or uh, e uh, e signatures, right. um, dual monitors? Now you've got screens that are one screen with four. I just hooked up five screens in Sarah's office. Everybody in my office has trips. Travis has four screens. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how we can get six, you know, because <laughs> there's so many things, and 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 you know because of that technology stack. Right. Yeah. That, if you think about it, that's why. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of it. But like 
you have to have the management system open. You got to have teams open. Yeah. You know, you, you got to have an active campaign open, better agency open, Zapier open. You know, you got to have all these things, G- Google Drive open for your sheets, you know, and then you need one or two to at least work on. Like, so, you know, when you're actually working on stuff. So it's like, dude, while, so you're, being you sit, while you're being interrupted from the shit coming on Teams or, or Slack, you know, but that that's the thing, though. That's that's what it is. That's why that's why that's why a lot of people don't do it. And one of the things that I think that it's very hard, Chad, for agents to get over is not so much what they have to do and what they have to institute, what they have to create to do it. But it's also, it's also, I drive a Mercedes Benz, not me. I'm saying another agent. Mm. I drive a Mercedes Benz that's $80,000 a year. My kids go to Ivy League schools. I work 20 to 25 hours a week. My staff has full bennies and is highest paid in town. Like you're coming to me telling me I need this. And I think that there's those one to 5% that it's like, yeah, dude, you figured out how to have a great culture and, and be able to service your clients without all this. But I think for the other 90 to 95%, um, which I don't think one's right over the other, there's major stresses going on in the office, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, we're, 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 we're preventing ourselves from being able to, fi- to realize and grasp the five truths of insurance because we're finding it miserable. It kills me every time, Chad, somebody decides that they want to leave this industry because they just couldn't make it or they just didn't like the industry. And it, and it, and it, and it kills me every time. But I think automations can take away some of the stress. I like what you called it earlier. Look and see where the drag is. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I like that. What say you? Excuse me? I said, what say you about this? Where, where, where are you, what are you doing to find the drag? Like, what does that mean when you say well, that? You know, I mean, it's, here's where you're going with it really is, is, you know, early on, I'm like, okay, I got to go way back. And you know how that is when you say something like that, then it's like, no further back than that. If you're going to, I think, you know, thrive in the future and, and adopt automation it's going to go all the way back to culture and it's going to go back to the people that you have. Are they going to, are they going to come with you? And can you go with you? That's, that's a hard thing because there's agencies out there that are very diligent in contact information. And there's others out there that, you know, maybe the database is really old, you know, three, four decades old. Um, And they're just stuffing names and emails and phone numbers everywhere. So, I had cleanup to do. I can tell you that we came off a management system that just really, I would say early on, we probably didn't know that we would ever use this information and it was stuffed in the wrong spots or, you know, the wife's name and the extension field or whatever it could be. But I had to, I had to eat it. I had to, I had to put in the time and, and correct it all. Um, Contact information. I, I would say your, your first, your first point of are you ready to be successful with automation is will your people correct or collect the correct contact information every chance that they can get for both like in personal lines, co-insured and the primary insured, because we're going to need to, we're going to need to contact everybody in the future. And, and they want it, you know, I've already seen that. Like when we first started communicating, 
using automation with our clients, it's like I, I felt bad. And it's like they've been starving to hear from us. But uh, um, for the most part, it's going to come back to will your people just do the basics? And some of them can't. And then it depends on, you know, are you going to create a new culture, a new belief system by the way you're operating? And, and uh, I don't know why Henry Cloud's sticking in my mind right now is like, Okay, you have to you have to decide where you're going, and then have that difficult discussion of, of who doesn't fit where we're going. And I like to put it as more as like who refuses to go where we're going, because I always give pl- people plenty of opportunity to do simple changes, and it just comes down to where you know you might be really great at what you do, but you upset the whole office, and you're just not even going to go along with the simple things. That, mm-hmm. that are going to make you more successful. It's the craziest thing, but we're, it's going to come back to culture and getting the basics down and collecting the contact information. And I hope I'm not going too far on a tangent, but I remember your speech at IOA in 2019 when you were talking about valuations being based on the quality of data. I mean, for me, where I'm at with automation, that's already here because mm-hmm. I wouldn't go by another, agents, uh, another agency of, I couldn't first check the quality of their contact information because without that, I mean, it's great. You, you truly are buying expirations. Unbelievable. You didn't hear, you didn't hear loyal listeners, Chad say, um, it depends on the premium. It depends on the type of client. Um, don't get me wrong. These aren't factors in what Chad's saying, but I want you to pay attention to what he said. What's big to Chad is the customer information. Something that should be so simple that it should have been in a Rolodex before computers were invented still happens to be one of the main driving factors of an automation expert who owns an agency that um, is about six times the size of the average. It is the truth. Between three hundred to 500000 in revenue is the average agency out there. It's about 65 to 70% of us. Chad is, is, is far over that. Um, he said 20 million in premium. So we can just figure the average agency has around five to 6 million in premium. Um, actually, sorry about that, three to 4 million in premium. So where I'm going with this is, is I think it's really important that, that you, that you hear what he just said. And if you have to back it up a minute, but I also want to grab something else you said and chew on this for a minute. You said our customers are starving to hear from us. And you didn't realize that until you started using automation and that our customers were starving to hear from us. Do you really believe that, Chad? I do. We're in an advisory role. And depending on where we're at and how our offices are structured, for most of us, I want to use painful, but it's almost brutal to do business with us. Um, I think I listened to one of your other podcasts. I forget who it was with and the waiting you mentioned like, okay, I got to take all this time to gather all your quoting information, use my finger to put it in. And then I have to wait for underwriters or whatever the process is. Mm -hmm. Right. The point is, is you're making people wait, whether it's service or quote or rewrite or whatever. And I think we've all been there where somebody's called us back. Hey, just checking in. Do you have that yet? That should be just really embarrassing. Nobody should ever have to call back two or three times for something. And then I get it. I've done it. You know, we start kicking the can down the road. You come in in the morning. I'm going to do it. Then you get a little busy. Then this afternoon, you're like, oh, I'll get to it then. 
And then you're at the end of the day, oh, tomorrow, right? You start kicking that can down the road. I, I think, it, well, it's just unacceptable, period. But the ability to be able to get away with that much longer is, it's going to be reduced significantly Ooh, yeah. the closer in a year or two out, right? I think it was Brent Kelly uh, I heard, uh, which I love listening to him. Uh, he said, this is the one business you can do literally nothing for your clients and get away with it. And he's right. But I don't think that's going to be true for a very long Agreed, time. Agreed, dude. Dude, I so agree. Oh, wow. So well said. Mm-hmm. So well said. And it is. And, and then, and then, but right now, if you can get away with it and you don't have to do anything to get paid to keep their business, think of how easy it is then to be somebody special. I do not know the exact statistics, but if you look at the uh, secretariat, the horse, uh, whenever it ran, it was one of the greatest horses ever known. I don't know the exact, but if you add up all of the races, the, that it won to get the 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 triple crown. It was the it was less than I believe two seconds. Might have been less than a minute or a second. It is is the difference with all the time if you added up all three that that horse horse won by. And now it's great. Now it's declared one of the greatest horses to ever live because it beat its competitors by less than a second. Right, because that's what the standard was, and it just had to have that nose in order to be known throughout the history of time, right? And so we started thinking about that, and that's that's kind of the stuff that you're talking about, and that's the stuff that that like Brent is talking about. It doesn't take much to be secretariat in the insurance game, really, really, truly doesn't. The bar's pretty low, and is what you said, Chad. That's embarrassing. I feel the same way at my agency. If someone calls in because it's like, hey, I didn't hear back, that's okay. Maybe that's because my producer or my CSR or account manager didn't set the expectations for how they should, when they should hear back from us, right? Which Chad would say, yes, but Jason, why are you relying upon your client for that? Maybe hit them with some on- automation as the process is going. Like Domino's, they should be able to be able to watch their pizza be cooked. Maybe we get that far. I don't know. But I think that it doesn't yeah. take that long and it doesn't take that much for us to really stand out. And you say. No, it's, it's simple things, really. I mean, th- this has, in a way, nothing to do with automation, but in a way, automation can help you with it, do it quickly, saving time, right? We only have so many days or so many hours in the day. How do I get back? How do I reclaim as much as that? So I'm putting myself to my highest and best use. And, uh, it's okay not to have it today, but it's not okay not to keep them informed. Mm-hmm. And people have extreme patience. It's just, uh, you know, what is it? Silence, uh, it creates wars, right? It's true. And Wow. You know, so it's just if you, if you just touch base with them. So if you don't want to take the time to, you know, whatever sort of technology you have in the office or whatever, you know, automation, you can hit a button, hey, you know, pre-fill it or something. It's just really easy just to say, hey, I'm still working on it. I just want to let you know. Whatever the case may be, it's the silence that starts shifting them. And in our day, as much as we're, you know, it, it you can lose, like one simple process could just destroy your whole day. You know, something that was really stupid and it went spinning on for an hour and it just threw you off the rail, but we forget to get back with them. Well, 
you should you should have different forms of communications where you can just hit really quick and it takes care of it. At least you're keeping them in the loop. That's all they want to know. They just want to know that you didn't forget about it. And it's the world of transparency that we live in, right? It's kind of like I can't go Mm -hmm. to if I'm going to drive an hour away and I realize I forgot my phone 15 minutes, I have to come back. And the reason is my wife needs to know me. Maybe my kid's going to call me in the afternoon and whatever. In 1985, I could have made that trip and we still lived. I could still make that trip without my phone today and still <laughs> live, right? But it's that's what we're used to. We're used to being kept in the loop. So keep fighting it as much as you want. But actually, that that is that is correct. And you are right. Our clients and our customers and our pre- prospects are extremely patient with what they do. And, 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 and I think there's a lot... To, Imagine if you just, yeah, just imagine what it would be like if you actually delivered. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> what's amazing too about like automation surveys, like you do business with somebody mm-hmm. and then they send you that automated thing and you just delete it because you're like, whatever. But people don't realize you don't delete it if you had an if you had a bad situation because it gives you that avenue to say, matter of fact, great. I'm glad you sent me this survey. You know, that person was an SOB. They yeah. custom me, blah, blah, whatever you can say. Right. But it gives you that avenue for you to express that, which is awesome. It gives an avenue for the business to be able to collect that and do better, which is awesome. And, but 99% of the time, that survey gets in your damn nerves because it comes into your email and you know, it's automated. But you don't you forget how great that automation is when you have a bad when you have a bad experience, you know. So that's that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's finish up this with one other thing, which I want to hit on, and then I want to talk about readers or leaders and leaders or readers because I know you're a reader and I want to get the latest book that you're uh, before we get off. But one of the last things I've made a note here, which I always talk about, and I think it's so true, is because I think this is something that needs to be echoed, and that is is that automations are taking away from the relationship and why people, how you know you're wrong at thinking that is because actually automations enhance the relationship, just like what you're talking about. It's a way to keep them into the loop, right? That's just one of the many, many, many forms. What would you say in addition to that? And I know you agree, but for people who are out there trying to understand that automations don't substitute the relationship you have, it actually enhances that relationship that you have. What say you on some of those uh, on your thoughts on that? Well, I can say that can be true. It just depends on how it's designed. And, you know, let's just take an email for an example. If you're going in that form of communication, it's what are you saying in there? How are you saying it? Because... If it's not from you, then you shouldn't be doing it. I like to think of it as it, it just, I love the super you thing because it it is as if it was me and they shouldn't really know the difference. Um, but if they do, I put myself in their shoes. I start with them and work backwards. I just want to know that uh, I, I have no problem with people using different forms of software automation to make sure things happen and stay on track. It means the other person cares enough to have something like that to where the ball is not going to yeah. get dropped. And, and it, it really kind of, it, it's just a tool to keep the relationship going on, but it, you don't want to over automate or, or appear automated or templated. And I see a lot of that going on out there. It's like, no, it has to be as if it were you. Okay. I like that. I like that. 
And so for me, I think it, it really strengthens the relationship and it, it, and not only that, you're, you're not going to get caught on those days or I'll get to, to tomorrow. You know, this stuff's happening, mm-hmm. you know, so that's the beautiful part about it. And I, I think I used to come from that camp too. It was like, oh, you're just like a spammer or something, right? N- no, if it has purpose and the intention set and the communication's written in a way that's useful and communicative, then it can be a very beautiful thing, or it is a beautiful. Do you thing. have all your communication? Do you have all of your procedures and stuff actually writ out, written out, or are they sketched out on you know in actual um, automations themselves, or do you have them written out, Chad? Um, the automations, yeah, themselves? or your processes, all that. Yeah, I you know generally I I, I have them on a timeline on what happens then, yeah. and. Uh, I try to do my best to keeping those up because sometimes things are changing mm-hmm. so fast Then I'll go back and I'm like, Oh, I got to redo the whole thing. But yeah, we keep them up. And, and I think the best thing that I do is we create videos for each one. So everybody knows what's happening and when, what gotcha. to do, you know, how to do with it. And they're just quick, usual, like, you know, under a, a minute or two mm-hmm. tops to where they can access it quick. Like, how do I do something? And that helps on learning because they don't have to go ask somebody and waste more right. time. Right. Or, or what have you, you know, we do, we do a little bit of training on it, but now they're, they've warmed up to it so much that they just usually got it the first time. And, uh, you know, they might have to go back to a video or something and, and resource it. But for the most, most part, you'll go through shifts as, as your team actually starts to adopt it and they'll go from, what is this? Why am I doing that? You know, I don't know about you contacting my clients and so forth or, all that. And then they'll start getting little quick wins or it'll start saving Mm -hmm. them time. And, and then you start to get, Oh, okay, this is useful. This makes my life better. And then the ideas come, Hey, can we also do this? Can we do that? So like (laughs) it kind of developed, I have, I have automations called the agent toolbox. Each one has their own little thing. And if they need something that they'll use, I'll just create it quick for them. Whether it's like a, you know, a web app on their cell phone to collect leads while they're at an open house or what, you know, they come up with all kinds of different things that they'll use. But once they start warming up and the ideas start coming, then everything starts to have the shift and, and they're getting the results of it. And the real feedback for me is like, when you see it change for like the service teams, you can see that they're not walking around with pressure. Mm -hmm. They're, their facial structures are more relaxed. They're laughing more. They're not so stressed and pressed for time. And on the agents, we just had a meeting last week where, you know, one of the things that we did is uh, a retention center piece. And, you know, to get a, a, it was one of my bigger agents and you get a tear out of her eye because of the time that she was able wow. to gain back. And it's like that right there was worth every minute I spent on this over the past couple of years to, to do something like that for somebody that's been such a huge contribution to the agency and uh, that's always overwhelmed, you know, demands raising a family and, you know, pretty, she's got a pretty big book for, for an agent. And, you know, to be able to do something like that, that just, that, 
That's what. Yeah, it does. Are. And you know, sometimes those, well, most of the time, those jobs who are a lot of time suck are usually the ones that suck altogether. You know what I mean? And so, so, so not <laughs> only did you remove the time suck, but you probably removed a job that she dreads doing. And what's great is now she's going to feel compelled because of the culture that you created, the help, the training, the understanding, the knowledge, the conviction, the way you make her feel as if she's important. Now she's going to actually start to do the things that are going to give the wins for the agency. And they already have. They already have. I'm just saying overall, this is the thing to take away from what Chad is the picture he is painting for us right now. Um, Chad, the pictures you have painted for us have been fantastic. I feel like I'm in an art studio and I'd be that being serious because you've, you've given us some very good insight in some of the things they do. I want to, I want to close up by what is, uh, I know leaders are readers because it's a fact. And I know that readers are leaders and leaders are readers and you are a leader. So that tells me you're a reader. What are you reading? Maps, models, and the structure of reality. Oh, this guy's a freaking geek. Jesus, <laughs> no, I'm joking. So what's that about, dude? Sounds interesting. What is it? Uh, it's it's basically how, you know, it's kind of like the question behind the question or the map is not the territory, right? It's never perceived for what it is. So generally speaking, it's just <clears throat> the old Milton Erickson meta model where, you know, you just keep asking questions behind the questions to get the, the real answer for it. Gotcha. Most of us speak like politicians where we're in nominalizations. So it's just figuring out how to see through the truth of it and getting to the reality of could be a conversation. What do you mean by that specifically? Or or what about this process? You know, is this useful? Is it is it pure? Is it what it really is? Or are we miscommunicating? Keep asking the questions. Question right. behind the question. I like that. I like that. Chad, my man, we did yeah. it. Hey. We li- we lived through another one, and once again, I appreciate all you do, man. Um, I do everything I can to elevate people just like you. I'm serious about that, man. I want. Well, I appreciate I want- that. No problem, dude. We gotta. Sometimes there's so many people who are carrying torches, and a lot of those people are like it's not even a real flame it's just like fake you know like you've seen the candle in with the wind blowing that's really the only torch they're really carrying in this industry Mm -hmm. and so what i gotta do is when i try to blow real hard like to try and get extinguish all the fakeness i realize i can't it really just blows out people like you who's really carrying the torch and trying to help this industry so what i did is i created this podcast and i said i'm going to invite those people who have the real torch the one that's really lit those are the people i'm going to bring on here and you just embody that you do chad i've been following you for a while i'm glad we made a connection late last year it was eh, it's about probably around April or May of last year, you were on a Safeco trip, actually, I think in the Mediterranean somewhere being serious. I think, I think that's where, I think that's where you were. And uh, I said, dude, I got to have you at Brainshare. You've never been, I got to have you there because member loyal listeners, I invite people. That's, that's how Chad got there. Chad wasn't in, I had to call him up, say, Chad, I want you there. And he said, I'm there, dude. Um, and now, you know, Chad, you've, you're, you're, you're helping out on the mastermind and helping with automations, which I think is crucial like seriously, like there was a ton of people who were liking that post when I posted that. I had multiple people hit me from behind the scenes. Um, a bunch of other automation geeks in there are finally like, okay, let's all collaborate now and get this together and teach people like Cass who doesn't know anything. 
and <laughs> and you you go you go to work at one or two in the morning. You're done at five, and you can't believe it's already done. You've got time that you got to spend with your wife, commitments. You've got to go biking. You got to think about yourself. But at the end of the day, you're trying to make your agency better, and you're willing to share it with us. And we greatly appreciate that, Chad. Very much so. Well, well, thanks for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it, and it'll be interesting to see where everything goes in the next few years for sure. Yeah, that's right. Some of the mo- times that I took away from this uh, from loyal listeners, he said a team uh, a team win is better than a single win. He said you're still trying to figure things out. Chad said you will always be trying to figure things out. He also said that we're paying rent. He found out he was paying rent for his filing cabinets. Think of it that way. There is a square footage cost to your agency. If it's taken up uh, 100 square feet for those filing cabinets, you're paying rent on those filing cabinets. Interesting way to look at it. He said he started with automation on the sales side. Um, And that makes sense. A lot of the sales and marketing. And these guys said you got to see what the drag is. I love that. One of my favorite parts here, though, is what you said, Chad, about automations make your process visual. I believe in vision. We all know that that's what's successful to get people to follow you. So if you want your processes to be followed, make them visual. I think that right there is probably one of my main things. And as you said, I love having the tools to manage risk. Uh, that, that was awesome, dude. You just encompassed it all into, what is that, seven words? Uh, yeah, eight words. The customer experience delivers best, better risk management. I want you loyal listeners to hear that. You didn't hear him say any of these other fluff. He just said it's about risk management, and I'm able to deliver that better. Um, and you said our customers are starving to hear from us. And I thought that that was very interesting. Chad, thank you once again for making this a very interesting podcast. There's people like you that keep this agency rocking and continues to be the greatest industry God ever created. This has been Jason Cash with Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we're giving you the real agents inside real agencies. That was Chad inside his agency and giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that the industry tries to make you believe. This has been Cass. This has been Spade. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.